Hello, what's up? You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. We're out here in Las Vegas at Punk Rock Bowling with the band Clit 45. Well, just two, two of you. Two fifths of. Yeah. Yes. So you're listening to me. I'm Jack. And what's your name and what do you do in the band? My name is Mike. I may be called Rufio on the records, probably, or record. And this is also Mike. My name's Mike. I'm called Mike on the records. <laughs> you have to. Excuse me, I'm a little under the weather, so. That's what happens when you're in Las Vegas and punk rockers bring lightning bolts and just decide to bring rain on uh, in the desert, you know. <laughs> so what brings you to punk rock bowling? We were invited to play, so. Got an email about eight months ago from uh, Mark Stern from BYO that was like, you guys want to play? I was like, no. Like, I know, I don't ever, we're not a band, I don't ever want to relive these, revisit. Maybe. And then, um... I actually called Rufio first and asked his opinion. He was like, uh, he had just done, he played with Global Threat the year before, explained to me how well it went, and um, I was like, you know what, we're, we were a BYO band, like we definitely part of that family. It would be, if we were going to get back together to do a proper show, and then we said yes. This is the place to This do is it. the place to do it. This, this, this the place to be. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Mike what was... What we call it? The place, the, place to to the place to be. The place to be. And yeah, Global Threat had a great show here last year, so I, I was not uh, gonna shy away from doing it again. Yes, Mike was pointing to Mike earlier because we can't see him. <laughs> yes, a Global Threat, I guess. Uh, BYO likes to bring bands back together and have them play punk rock bowling, and then they can fade away into the dark days <laughs> back again. <laughs> you know, so, how many records have you released on BYO? Um, Clip Forty Five had, excuse me, just uh, two full-length records, I guess, Self-Hate Crimes, and uh, 2468 were the kids you love to hate. And that was that was actually mostly re-recorded old tracks that we thought we recorded during our halcyon salad years, days, um, as, as kids. But the, um, the, the recordings were pretty crummy. But we took the kind of the songs from that, er, that pre-Self-Hate Crimes era, and we took the ones that we still had in the set and distilled them down and kind of actually shortened them, sped them up a little bit, re-recorded them, and it's a really long answer. I don't know, it's kind of, am I losing steam? No, no, we sound great. Okay, and, um, and that was the second release that we did with BYO. And on that, we actually threw out a couple completely new songs as well to pad it out, and then we started demoing um, for a record after that, but we kind of, things came to a head and we were done back when Clit 45 was a band. So when did Clit 45 start? It started in, I think, like 1997 with a very different... I was in the band, and no one that was up there tonight was anywhere anywhere near it. And that's why it has such an awful, awful band name that's haunted and just insinuated itself in my life. It's a terrible oh, band name. It was named by a bunch of... 15, we were 14 and 15, and we started a band, a garage band, and we did, like, Black Flag and... Um, just black flag covers and um, I can't even think what else reaching back for about four years it was kind of a dicking around garage band and then um, it slowly congealed and a couple songs came out of it and somehow it morphed over about six years into the entity that BYO uh, picked up and by then it was a well oiled hardcore hit factory and Rufio had been with us for a couple years and that, that, that is the band that I consider Clip 45 personally me everything post 2001 and for, for the record i was very proud to tell my parents that i was in a band called clip 45 they wear they wear the t-shirt every day so was it byo that helped you choose the name or was it you that chose the name and gave it to byo 
I'm thinking about your mom's quivering quim as she wears the Clip 45 shirt, just slowly works her fingers. Don't ever down. think about that. That's not cool. I'm just kidding, actually. Just tell his us mom, part of the. His mom is a ridiculously nice woman, and I don't know why I went there. She's made me sandwiches. <laughs> It's a design. <laughs> um, no, BYO didn't. BYO didn't name the band because BYO didn't know the band existed for about seven years, and after the name of the band was decided upon. Any meaning behind that, or is it just Clip Forty Five? Nothing. Nothing. Sex nothing. Sex and violence. Sex and violence. The people who named the band are long gone. A couple of them are dead, and we you would have to. I don't know what you would have Multiple to do to be able. Multiple ones of them are dead, or okay. What did you, you do to them? All? A lot of people. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're gone. Okay. They're gone. They're gone. So they're actually, if there is, neither of us are privy to that information. So I guess it went with uh, the times. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, let's take a listen to one of the songs by you guys. Let's take a listen to Can't Stop the Bleeding. Yeah, what is that song all about? Uh, What is that? Well, I would have picked it, but you picked it for me, so I wrote it down, and I picked it for myself. I don't want to blow up the inner workings of the radio show. Um, Oh, wait, is this a full full hour-long deal? We can make it an hour-long, but I hope... Well... I think the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory, but I'm 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 not gonna. I think they're actually pretty literal, from what I remember. They're, they're pretty literal. Dave um, was bleeding out of his face and his ass and his dick and everywhere you can bleed out of, and he couldn't stop, and he was pretty bummed out about it. So we were pretty young, but we took it pretty hard, and we were sensitive souls, and that song was kind of an expression of that, and also about the in not ineptitude of being how, how inept it is to be in a sub. I'm misusing the word inept. Let's try that again. Um, just the frustration of punk is the outlet, but it really, in the end, feels like it doesn't get you personally any closer to sanity. And I think that he might agree that that's a good synopsis of the song. And this, as far as the song writing, well, the person who wrote the song was listening to a lot of Motorhead and Poison idea that day. And it all kind of came together. Uh, at least the riffs did. And... I have noticed that Self Hate Crimes album was a pretty dark album. Was it a particularly dark period of uh, whoever's life that was all about? I don't think we we realized how dark it was, but all... And I almost hate to say this in the least glamorous way. We just did a lot of drugs and did a lot of drinking. And uh, I'm not... You know, I have no regrets... But uh, when I hear that album, you know, when I listen to that album a few years later, it was kind of took me, uh, I was taken aback in realizing we were just being, I mean, we, we were being shitty to ourselves. We weren't, uh, we weren't ruining anyone else's good time as far as I know, except we probably were. But uh, yeah, I don't know, we were just partying pretty hard, and I guess Dave put some uh, pretty eloquent poetic words to that lifestyle we were leading it, it can take its toll even when you're young okay so let's take a listen to the song it's called can't stop the bleeding by clit 45 you're listening to the punk rock demonstration uh, here with clit 45 at punk rock bowling in las vegas Yeah! 
Welcome back. That was Your Life to Choose by Clit45. You're still listening to the punk rock demonstration. So that's not off the self-hate crimes album because I figured we'd switch and have a not-so-dark song. I'm going to preempt your question. So that was kind of an earlier kind of fun punk nice anthem (laughs) with a really catchy hook and actually a really fun song to play live. Those lyrics are are a little little bit less introspective and kind of just a good sing-along. Yeah, it was still still more straightforward. I mean, Dave... Dave uh, on the self hate crimes album really pulled out some some lyrics that that really impressed us all and uh i'm gonna no i'm gonna idea. reveal that uh global threat had a pretty intense influence on on the songwriting of the band i would say i would say that it wasn't a competitive spirit but um global threat was the band that we spent most of our time with and was just very impressed by their sound and their songwriting and, and their lyrics, and I think it kind of made us take it up a notch after they put out Here We Are. We're like, oh, how do we... Uh, uh, you know? And then they were definitely our, our brother band. You know, and I, I played with them for a bit, too, and, uh, you know, everyone... I think I played with them for their and second they, yeah, to last tour as well. You played with them for a few years. There was... There was a lot of incest, you know, uh, with with all these bands, but uh, all of us always always sad, really looked up dancing. to that band. <laughs> it's interesting because we have them all in this room too. Like I know Mark from the Unseen has played in the he Global was, Threat, yeah, and now we've got Clit Forty Five in the same show. So there is quite a bit of incest going on in here. Right. And I also played in the Unseen for a year as well. And Mark Unseen put out, I think, the first Clit Forty Five and first was. Well, the first, the second AGT and second Clip 45 release were on, uh, were on his label. There's a reason why. It's really bad, so you got to handle this for a minute? Yeah, you got to come back. We'll just talk crap about him while he goes to the PP. So I guess that's why the show t- came together, because uh, Clip 45 and the Unseen all played in the Global Threat, and played well, in the Unseen, and played in Clip 45. And we all BYO bands who are all on the label around, I think, well, the Unseen were on the label first, and then we followed, and, and Global Threat came after us, so it was like a nice, like... They're like, the ones, like family unit. They're the ones that... that and, being, uh, and being a part, being on BYO was more than just kind of like putting out records. It was almost a full, especially being in Los Angeles, like based in LA. They were about 15 minute drive from where we lived. So we spent, there was a lot of shared time so between us and um, the Stern brothers. So did BYO find you or did you find BYO? We hounded BYO for years and they said, send us something when you have something worth sending us. So we sent them things not worth sending them for a few years and eventually we sent them something worth sending them and they latched onto it. We had actually already recorded Self Hate Crimes and uh, mixed it and got the whole thing down and finally they got it and they're like, all right, we'll put this out. So it came out about a year and a half after we recorded it actually. So it sounds like if you really, really, really want to get on a label, just keep hounding them with stuff until they stick. Yes, and hopefully, well, if your stuff improves or if it's, if they're game about it in the first place, they would be like, send us more, send us more. We play some shows with Youth Brigade. But they encouraged, they kind of encouraged us to um, up our game. How did you find all the members of the band? The punk rock community, man. The PRC. <laughs> Nah, I was telling someone earlier, uh, okay, this is not a cool story, but it is a, it's a cool story. Wait, uh, like it's a cool story, I'm going to interrupt you halfway uh, through this. It's only an it's oxymoron. Like, it's not cool how I'm portraying. So, uh, Mark from The Unseen, who's sitting over there, came over to my house when I was like 17, my first punk house, whatever. Ooh, your gave, first punk house. Gave me my first. Gave me a Clip 45 CD. I looked at it. 
I looked at the name. I looked at it. I said, ah, I threw it out. I literally threw it out the window. I don't know if I told you this. And then they came around a couple months later. And I saw them live. And they blew me away. I was well impressed. And, uh, you know, Dave was a great front man. They sounded great. I still was not on board with the name. But less than a year later, I was on tour playing with them. So they, they won me over fully, and uh, obviously I've always had a special place in my heart for this band. So despite the name, you decided, let's just do it. Yeah, well, actually, and I came around on the name because we played a show at um, the Troubadour once, and this kid came up to me and he said, I, I got suspended from school for wearing your shirt. I said, all right, that's, you just validated this name. I like it now because at least... You know, with the state of punk as it was or as it is today, at least someone's getting in trouble once in a while. You know, if you're getting suspended from school, then we must be doing something right. Fair enough. Well, I guess uh, we can take a listen to another song while Cheap Sex is playing, yeah. although I wonder... Not that we don't appreciate this. We're having a very no, good time, but we are... I didn't realize it was uh, such a commitment. But well, this I is wasn't good. going to commit because I didn't want to do this because <laughs> we don't play anymore. And then you were like, come on. I was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, I like the cut of that guy's jib. <laughs> I heard what? him asking questions of uh, Trip J. Fox and uh, our man in Mel Yeah, they did. Well, I do wonder if Cheap Sex or Clip 45 is more offensive, but let's take a listen to another song by you guys. Let's take a listen to Over My Head while you uh, check up on things, and then uh, I guess that is a good song. we'll be back. You want to expand upon that song, or should we just listen to it? I wrote, did I write, I wrote the music for that song. Dave wrote the lyrics. I suspect that some of the lyrics might have been about you, but I don't know. You meaning Mike? Yeah. Well, my, uh, we, Mike has forever been the white minority in this in this band. Actually, in the Destruction Debauchery tour that we did in 2004 with Complete Control, um, Dave was the minority. We were all white. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's. Um, yes, that is uh, that is true, and it's really helped me expand my my horizons. I left I left the Aryan Brotherhood <laughs> after after the my t- I I, I kind of looked in the mirror. I was like, I can't. You know, these guys. You know, you can. I mean, from the individual to the general, from the specific to the general. That's where you have to start, and you move out. Now I accept all my people. <laughs> Look cosmopolitan good to know so let's take a listen to that song it's called over my head by clit 45 you're listening to the punk rock demonstration i'm jack and we're out here with clit 45 at punk rock bowling in las vegas
That was Misery on a Main Line by Clit45. You're still listening to the punk rock demonstration, and I'm still Jack, and we're still here with Clit45 in Las Vegas. So what is Misery on a Main Line all about? Um, Misery on a Main Line is actually my favorite song off that record, and uh, a big part of that is that was the truest collaboration on that record. You know, Mike came to the table with a guitar riff. I, I wrote a bass line, which I feel is pretty, pretty cool, and uh, Dave brought these amazing lyrics to the table. I... I mean, a lot of that record, you know, we really, it couldn't have happened without all of us involved. And I, I feel like many bands have been in, one person writes the song and says, here's the song. And a lot of that record, Misery and a Man in Line especially, was we're a band and we're going to write a song together. And that one really blew me away. I loved every I loved every bit of it. And the, the lyrics Dave wrote for it really, I think, are great. There's a lot of, I think, if not quotable, but maybe even quotable lines. I thought, like, there's, like, not even subtle, just well-done poli- politicking and well-done politics in there. And a lot of, I really like the lyrics in that song. And that, to reinforce what he said about that record, Self Hate Crimes, we knew we were going to record at a certain date. And we had about half those songs in the live set. We'd also kind of thrown songs back and forth for a few months. And then we finally got together and just said we have two weeks let's just nail it down every night in the studio and those were we took it easy taking it easy sessions those were tell me should we just reveal the taking it easy sessions so uh, if you look at the liner notes of that record it says the taking it easy sessions and that was born out of the fact that every we would have a you know, a lengthy rehearsal, probably two to three hours to write and learn songs. Yeah, about eight to eleven, eight to midnight, something. And uh, every night we'd say, "We're gonna take it easy tonight." As soon as practice went out, we went straight to the bar, then to the other bar, then when the bar closed, we raced to Seven Eleven to buy beer before they closed, and then the devil showed up at Dave's apartment every night. This guy who sells things who gave it to us for free just ruined us every sing- every, every single single night we just really sincerely believed we were going to take it easy and partied hard and it it was it was brutal it was brutal but i think the brutal the brutality of just having a really good time really <laughs> came out in the end but i we'd be doing a disservice to a, a man named ron martinez who actually funded and fronted the money for that record out of his um he was our booking agent at the time and our manager and he also booked uh the casualties he sank for final conflict and the unseen a lot of our friends and global threat and he not to be too emotive but he did believe in us and he put up the money for that record and put in a lot of time and effort he he did a lot for us to say that we gonna i don't know if we would have gotten I don't know that rec I don't know if that record would have even that record would not have come out or even been recorded if it wasn't for Ron. So um there's also some hidden final conflict uh vocal lines in that record too. Yeah, he sings a couple <laughs> lines. So I think on that note, thank you for this and uh I think we gotta go load up. Yeah, we're gonna take care of it. Jack. So so thank it sounds you. like uh, drugs are bad and that No 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 I wouldn't no? I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. Oh well f- for the audience. Do then. drugs, just don't do them every night. Yeah, I mean, what That's, does that mean? Drugs yeah. are bad. Like, no, we, adv- we advocate, you know, do what you can handle. Drug addiction is bad. Yeah, drug addiction. Fucking don't drink if you can't handle a beer, you know? Don't. <laughs> well, that's just some down-home advice. Um, yeah. So we're not going to end on a high note. 
Okay, so what are some future plans for Clip no, 45? We're not a band anymore. But, Jack, we got to go load our stuff up. We appreciate this more than you can know because this is probably the last or the first interview that we did on the radio since that time that Dave wrapped himself in <laughs> toilet paper and our roadie sang and said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah then he disappeared. Um, this was great, though, and I uh, hope people keep listening. Good to know. So let's take a listen to this one last song by Clit45. It's called Kids Aren't Alright, and I guess we'll leave it at that. You've been listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration and Clit45 in Las Vegas. Yeah,
was The Unseen with Talking Bombs, and you're still listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. I'm still Jack. My website, punkrockdemo.com. Again, that's punkrockdemo.com. We've got plenty more punk rock this evening, and I've got some more incest going on with a global threat now. This song's called Not Those Kids.
some MLTF most likely to fail that's how it's called live before I die I figured I'd play that song because I'm wearing their shirt and I decided to go to July 4th party with that shirt and before them we had evacuate that's how it's called our lives the freeze before them with what's the reason pairs was before the freeze that's how it's called forever sad and then Thulsa Doom with white lies Thulsa Doom came through town two weeks ago and we did an interview so we're going to be putting that interview on a little bit later maybe in end of july or early august along with many other interviews next week is going to be the unseen so you make sure you stick around for that and then we've got more interviews with like no false hope the zero boys slaughter and the dogs and more so check out the website for the schedules punkrockdemo.com Again, that's punkrockdemo.com. This next song is by Sniper66. We did an interview with them last week. This song's called Another War.
demonstration and this is PD from the Addicts. Over there, over there, the sun 
There is some new music by Chelsea. That song was called We Don't Believe You. And then we heard the Addicts before that with Over There. Shattered Faith with my favorite song. That song is called Right Is Right. And The Voids was before Shattered Faith. That song is called Take It Back. And I want to continue with the new songs. And you can send in songs if you're a band and we'll play it on the show as songs that nobody's ever heard of before because they're new. My website is punkrockdemo.com. You can send in music there if you're a band and only if you're a band. And if you're not a band, you can send requests also at the same website, punkrockdemo.com. This next song is by the Catholic Girls. It's called Only Guilty.
there's an awesome song by the Kirks, new stuff there. That song's called 1998. No False Hope was before the Kirks. That song's called Drinking You Goodbye. And Avenues with Creeper was before No False Hope. Avenues are from Milwaukee, and somehow I missed them at Punk Rock Bowling. So they sent me an email. So I no longer missed them. So that's pretty cool. Now that we're uh, on the second hour, we're going to take a listen to some more punk rock because that's what we do here. This next song is by Violent Affair. It's called Tried and True.
that was some rudimentary peni with the cloud song and then burning lady before that with story of my scene homesick abortions with lodger was before burning lady and the crumb bums was before homesick abortions that's how it's called cut into me and i guess we'll take a listen to the virus because the time is now that's the song the time is now by the virus Fun. Some kids get fucked up and others repaid. 
Yeah.
Hey man, it's Dave from the Zero Boys, and you're listening to Punk Rock Demonstration. Right now, all the way out from Pomona. Get with it. Feel it. Learn it. Love it. Live it. some zero boys with detroit boys new stuff there the potato pirates was before them that song's called lesser man and then youth brigade with sync with california nice long soothing song there this next song is by shanghai it's called george a romero
sun. We've made a name for ourselves. We're on your side. We came from nothing. We got a
there was some media control by Hate It Till Proven here in the punk rock demonstration. Then we heard Raw Poo with Big Boobs before them. Broken Bottles was before Raw Poo. That's all it's called. California Sun. Then The Stitches with That Woman's Got Me Drinking. Secondhand Justice was before The Stitches. That's all it's called After Me. And then another new song by the Druguettes called Antifa Roller Skating. And another new song by The Mighty New Dawn was before the Druguettes. That song's called Give Me a Drink. And I Need a Drink. And show's over so until next week here in the punk rock demonstration the website punkrockdemo.com again that's punkrockdemo.com next week we're gonna have an interview with the unseen and this last song is going to be by crash course it's called bastard thanks for listening <sighs> Can I say-